Blog Talk Radio. for January 20th, 2014. I am your host, Lottie Miss Clardy, and I am coming at you live from California with good news and bad news if necessary. This is the place to be and to get heard right here on Lottie Miss Clardy and Company on BTR. And tonight, I have an interesting show for you, and I am going to be talking about me tonight. Yes, that's right. What? We talking about who? Lottie Miss Clardy. That's right. And I'll be talking about my life as a child in this first episode and how God found me in my time of need and what happened after I was told someone was going to come and get me. Now, this is a true story about me, okay, and how I overcame victimization and fraud, how I became a voice to stand up, speak up, and speak out against abuse, uh, lies, and deceits, okay? So you can come and join me as I walk you through my life to understand why I was purposed to help you to become victorious over every circumstance in your life. Every Sunday at 3.30 Pacific Standard Time and 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. So get on your seatbelts, y'all. We are going for a ride on a recovering victim of circumstances journey. And you can call in at this call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. 
And this time, you won't have to come and make any comments. You just sit in and listen to what happened to me. So that way you won't feel like, oh, my God, I'm all alone and by myself because you're not. You know, it takes great courage to talk about yourself. People usually would tell me, you know, Whitney, you a gossiper, but I'm not gossiping about anybody. I am telling you about me. And then hopefully that it will inspire you to become a person to stand up, speak up, and speak out against abuse, deceit, and lies, formerly what I would call victimization and fraud. So here we go. Now, I want you to sit back and just listen because this is a very important, this is important to me at least, you know, for you to know this first part about my childhood. And I want to let you know that when I was five years old, I was being sexually molested, okay? And I was being sexually molested by my stepdad. And uh, my mother, I used to see my mom and my dad, you know, they used to argue and, you know, fuss and fight and kind of like domestic violence scenes that I was looking at. But, you know, I was young at the time, but now I understand. But anyway, you know, the day that my father, my stepfather began to start this, this, this move on me, you know, I began to talk to my mother about it, okay? And I told her, Mom, my daddy is wanting me to do things with his thing. And she thought that I was playing because I was laughing when I, when I was telling her, but I was telling the truth and she hit me. And I, took, and I cried and told her the truth, okay? And it was after then that I started to see her try to do everything that she could do to stop, you know, my stepfather from touching me in any kind of way. And, um, and eventually she had came to me round about when I was maybe six, it had to be, when she said to me, she said, you know, now, Wendy, you know, i got something I've got to tell you. And, you know, I'm just a child, but, hey, she had to tell me. And she said to me, she says, you know, I am going to have to leave because it's a matter of life and death. Either your father will die or I will die, and I need to leave. And I know that he's going to take you to your step-grandmother, but, you know, I know that you'll be okay until I get back to you. I can't take you with me because uh, I'll be in the streets, and I cannot take you with me in the street. And it seemed like I did understand, and what could I do about it? All I could do was just accept. So I said, okay, you know, with my head shaking, you know, and then it happened where I ended over at my step-grandma's house, his mother's house. It didn't stop the uh, this issue of him sexually molesting me, but, you know, while I was there, you know, I, you know, you know, was out in the backyard one day, you know, even though I was going through this trial, but I laid down in the in the backyard on the ground and I started to look up at the sky and, you know, look around and everything and to find, you know, I was looking at the sun and I was seeing how the sun was beaming in my face and looking in the sky and close my eyes and seeing the, uh, you know, the air, you know, Russell, you know, run across my face, filling the air and open my eyes and look at the trees and the birds were flying and then all of a sudden this big old light came off into my head and I said, you know what? Somebody made this. And so then I rolled over on my stomach, 
And then I was looking down at the ground and over in the corner by the sidewalk, and I happened to see, you know, these ants, these red ants with a little mound, and I was looking at them, and they were uh, coming in and out, bringing stuff in, and looked like they was cleaning the place out and throwing out the, uh, you know, rocks or whatever. And then, you know, I looked at that, and then in my mind I said, I wonder if this is for real, you know. So I got up and I stepped on the mound, and I know I killed some of those red ants. God bless my soul for doing that. But, you know, I went into the house, and I said in my mind that I was going to, you know, figure out, you know, if this was real or not, and I was going to come back out in the dark in the morning. And so I did. I woke up. It had it been, you know, in the, you know, dawn of the morning, still kind of night outside, and I had my flashlight. And I looked, uh, went to the same spot where I stepped on these ants and killed their home or whatever I was doing and put my flashlight down on them. And lo and behold, they had rebuilt the mound that I had stepped on, and they were still bringing stuff in, taking stuff out, you know, bringing food and cleaning house just like they were. And up in my mind as a little child, I said, these are people. And I said, oh, my God, I'm stepping on something. These are people. So then I went in the house. You know, I, I know that I had my magnifying glass when I was looking at all of this anyway, but I went on back to the house. Now, before I fast forwarding you to around about eight years old, well, so around about that time, you know, where I was still being sexually molested, you know, my uh, step-parents, they were not people that went to church, and they didn't talk about God at all. So, you know, somebody like me at the age that I was, you know, um, I was not able to get that information. And my mom hasn't come yet to see me or anything. So, you know, one day, you know, I'm, I'm sick and I'm tired of what I'm going through. And, you know, and seeing them, you know, they drink and they do what they do there. And I'm still I'm a young woman by night and a child by day going to school and trying to find anybody that would listen to me because I was still, you know, telling what was going on with me. But back there in the days, you know, it was all hush-hush and the teachers couldn't really help you and stuff like that. So it's kind of like I didn't know what else to do, you know, but... I sat on my bed one day, and then I said, I don't know if there is really anybody that's listening to me, but I'm going through. I said, if there's anybody that's listening to me, would you please respond back and help me because I know that I'm in the situation that is not right. I just don't know what to do about it. And being a little kid, you don't know what to do about those things. But, you know, I know that I was being made fearful you know, about talking because every time I would say something to get back and then, you know, I would be threatened with, you know, you're not going to get this or butt kicking or whatever the case it may have been. But it did not deter me for some odd reason. Now, people talk about snitching, you know, it's a bad thing, but snitching is not a bad thing if you can demarcate the difference between good snitch and bad snitch. You know, you got snitches that talk and gossip, and then you got snitches like us that are truly going through abusive situations and needing somebody to listen and help us out of it. But in my case as a young child, it didn't happen for me like that. I had to, 
you know, really, really, you know, call on an entity or whatever was in my mind, you know, of God since I had already had acknowledged that somebody made this down here. So one night at eight years old, I was minding my own business. I went to sleep. And anybody out there that know about dreams, you have dreams, right? Okay. Some of them seem to be real and some of them may be real and sometimes we don't listen to them. And then there's some of us that do depending on what type of mind you got. So in my case, you know, I'm laying in the bed and I know that I'm knocked out sleep. And then all of a sudden I felt this warm, warm feeling come all over me. And then all of a sudden this voice out of nowhere said, not to be afraid, it is I. Now, I don't know who it is I is, but I began to, because of that warmth, you know, began to settle and not be afraid. And that voice asked me, and you can call it, a, you know, an angel in my sleep. You can say it's God or a spiritual thing, whatever you want to call it, but it was real to me. And that voice said to me, you know, was I a good girl? And I couldn't lie, and I told the the voice that sometimes. Then the voice asked me, who did I love? And then after I was listening to that, who did I love, and then I began to speak, and I named everybody that I loved in that family and those that I knew, including the man, my stepfather, who was molesting me. And then after I had the talk with him on who I love, then the voice told me, said, to hold on. I'm going to send someone to get you. Now, you talking to a person that, you know, okay, is she done lost her mind or what? But no, I haven't lost my mind at all because I believed in that voice that told me to hold on. I'm going to send someone to get you. And so the days and the months, and, you know, as an 8-year-old, you know, these days and months seem like forever and a day coming. And I was still being sexually molested, but I still had it in the back of my mind that, you know, to believe and hold on that someone was coming because the voice said so. So one night, you know, my stepfather came into my room, and, you know, and I'm just mortified because I'm so sick and tired of this scenery that I'm seeing, and I can't do anything about it. And, you know, and all I can do is just, you know, just humble myself and let what happened happen. And I remember that I looked into his eyes as he came to mount upon upon me. And he said, and I said to the man, I said, I said, don't you know God is watching you? And my stepfather said back to me, I know I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I can't help myself. And at that moment, there was nothing else that I could do was just let it be, even though I spoke out and said, don't you know God is watching you? And I know that he understood that what he was doing was wrong. 
So he did what he did, and I went on as a child trying to go to school. As a matter of fact, I made straight A's. I was a good child in school doing what I needed to do to forget, you know, because I knew I was going to have to have a revisit over and over again, and this was very torturous to me. Now, now I'm going to fast forward you to 12 years old, okay? Um, and... And that was a moment. Now, 8 to 12 years old seems to be a very short time now that I'm an adult. Time flies like it's nothing. But back then, time was so slow, I almost lost hope. I lost, I almost lost hope in the voice that told me to hold on and they was going to send someone to come and get me. Now, at the moment that I turned 12, couldn't hold on any longer because I was actually, I was just too tired and I, you know, I was on my way to just to give on up. And when the voice, when the time came for that voice that told me that this was going to happen, it did. But it happened when I was 12 years old. And guess who came back? It was my mother. I was so glad to see her. Now, I'm not saying that in between that time, my mom didn't come to see me from time to time, but it wasn't enough because I was ready to go each time she left, you know. So, you know, but it wasn't often that she could come. But then when she did come, she gave me, you know, a a choice. Did I want to stay or did I want to go? And that, you know, she was going to have to, you know, you know, tell him that, you know, hey, we're going to court or whatever the case may be that I can remember. But I was ready to go. And I remember that we were going to the courts uh, somewhere in Columbus, Ohio, but, you know, eventually the man let me go, all right? Now, the essence of me saying this to you is what I was saying earlier, you know, about learning how to stand up, speak up, and speak out and also how, you know, to become a voice for people, you know, that, that needs someone to, to, to help them, you know, to talk for them or to help them to talk. Now, this is what I do. I am a talker. I am a communicator. And I am here on the line telling you about my childhood. And I told you that I will be talking to you about my life. And first, as a child in, you know, how God found me. And this is a very important, pivotal point in anybody's life because even though you find yourself in circumstances and rooms with no doors and windows and all of that, it ultimately has to be God to find you. You know, it, we, 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 and then we have to believe when he does come to believe in what he says. Now, even though as a 12-year-old I almost gave up, but His word did not lie. That voice that told me that did not lie. It did come to fruition. And this is how you come out of all of your circumstances and being victorious because even though that I was being sexually molested through those younger years of my life, you know, I never uh, allowed them to stop me from talking, from telling from what other people would call snitching. So if snitching is bad, so be it, because it was to save my life, and eventually it did. And this is why I am here, you know, to tell you that telling 
speaking up, talking about what is going on in your life. Don't be afraid to talk about it, you know, because there's someone out there that can use the inspiration and the motivation to, you know, to talk, to tell their story. Uh, I have more to tell you as time go on here every Sunday as you tune in and listen to me. But definitely I wanted to start off by letting you know that how I became this stand-up, speak-up-and-speak-out person against abuse, deceits, and lies called victimization and fraud was because I was talking and telling and snitching in my early years. <laughs> I'm laughing about it because <laughs> I'm still the same way right now, and if I had somebody that was trying to victimize me and deceive me and defraud me of any rights that I'm supposed to have or happiness, I'm just like they talk about that constitutional law. You know your rights? Get up and stand up and speak up. You have to face your enemies even when you feel that you can't do anything about it, but when you do get um uh, rescued out of your situation through and by, you know, God's mercy and God's love towards you, you know, this is supposed to be something you use to help other people know what to do to get out of these situations. You have to tell somebody. You have to talk about it. I'm not saying that, you know, you know, there are people that are out there that um, that may may have less problems in their relationships or wherever, whatever that they're going through, but this forum is for people that have been and going through and still going through uh, abuse, deceits, and lies and need help and need uh, resources to help them to help themselves, and this is for true people that really want to do this because it takes courage, really to stand up against your enemies, stand up against your foes or, you know, people in your family, people that do stuff to you, and, you know, and tell them about themselves, even if they pretend like it never happened. But for you, it will be a victory for you because you can move on. And that's what happened to me through each circumstance that I have found myself in in my life. So, if you are going through things in your life, look to God. Look to God and pray for God for your situation because he is the only way out of your situation. You can try to do it all by yourself, and if you could have, you would have got yourself in it in the first place. And just look at me at five years old. I've never asked to be in this situation, but I found out that, with help, even when nobody else was there for me, God was there, and God uses people to help to bring you out of situations. So if you know what I know, you know, believe that there is a God. Believe that there is God that loves you. There is a God that loves you and that wants to help you, but you have to reach out and you have to acknowledge this. You know, you have to, you cannot be in denial of your situations. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, there are situations that we do get into and that we want to get into, even if the truth be told to you and you see it and you still don't 
do something about it. But we talked about people that after you have woke up and realized that this is not for you, abuse, deceits, and lies, then you will become uh, some some point in your life to say enough is enough. God help me out, and you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and take a leap of faith and allow God to give you the way of escape through people because people is how he does his miracles. So that's it for now, okay? Now, um, I'll have some shows that's coming up here very soon, which is on tomorrow uh, at 3.30, and that is Run Your Mouth Nights, and we're going to talk about snitching, okay? So I'm hoping to hear you there and that you may, uh, you know, uh, listen in, and if you've got a comment, I'll give you a couple of minutes to say what you have to say. But ultimately, this is a 30-minute uh, uh, episode that I'm running, so uh, the whole idea is to give information on, you know, how to be a snitch and not just be a snitch at gossiping, okay? So, um, and then we have uh, the next uh, few days on Thursday, I believe. I think that's the 23rd. We have, you know, uh, Alpha C. Hills that will be coming on, and he'll be talking about uh, child support news, um, and we will be talking about uh, decent disadvantaged obligors that's paying child support and not getting any help, you know, when the chips are down and the economy is messed up. And, you know, there's no one to help, and they putting people in jail and taking away driver's license. How are we going to have to, how are we going to help, you know, our children? How are we going to take care of anything? Well, so we need to, uh, I'll introduce that, and we'll talk about the Bradley Amendment, understanding, you know, more about that Bradley Amendment. So I am la- lack of time now, and I want to tell you thank you for listening to me on my first episode of talking about me on a recovering victim of circumstances. And remember this, this is a new year now. This is a new life and a new beginning. And it starts with you by loving yourself and loving the God that has created you. And know that God is real because you are real and nothing can hurt you unless you let it. You have power. So let's learn to love ourselves and then love one another and come together and make something happen positive. Let's do something positive in 2014. Now you have a beautiful evening, and we will talk again next Sunday, 3.30, God's will, on a recovering victim of circumstances of the journey. It's about me, and it's about you. God bless you this evening.
Because I kid myself Because I dream in space I see an analog Because you're digital 